Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi Griefsters, thank you for listening. If you have been enjoying the show, please do feel free to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe as well, as every podcast tells you. It helps other people find the show. Um, Thank you so much if you've already left a comment. I do read them all and um, I think it's really good to leave comments because um, it helps make people realise that the show is cheerier than it sounds, which um, the name of the show doesn't always encourage that. So thank you for pointing out that it's funny as well as poignant. This week I'm talking to Dr Shelley Gilbert, MBE. Shelley is the founder of Grief Encounter, which is a charity set up to help bereaved children. Shelley came in to talk to me about her mum, who died when she was four, and her dad, who died when she was nine, and how that inspired her to help kids who'd been through the experiences that she had. 
Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with Dr. Shelley Gilbert, MBE, who is the founder and president of Grief Encounter. Hi, Shelley. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Or should I say Dr. Shelley at all times? No, no, Shelley's Shelley, right. terrific. What's your doctorate in? What did you get the doctorate in? Um, it, unsurprisingly, it's in my favourite subject, which is <laughs> talking about the psychobabble, oh, sorry, psychotherapy of bereaved children and young people. Wow. So yeah. you've got a doctorate in bereaved psychotherapy. What's the official title? Go on yes. and give it to us. My official title is Dr. Death. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great title. Yeah. That's amazing. one of my kids. <laughs> so um, Grief Encounter is a charity that supports children who've been through bereavement. Yes. Um, let me take you back to how we started. Yeah, sure. I, I was going to say I lost both my parents, but actually what I should say is I experienced the death. Yes. That yes. is really... That's, oh, the old vocab. It's yeah. tricky because I think lost has a nice... There is a nice sort of feeling about it of like, it wasn't my choice. There's something in Lost, it's like, oh, I lost my pet. It's like, it's kind of soft, but I also swing towards my dad died. Because yes. I think if I, when people say to me, when did you lose your dad? I think, I didn't, he wasn't keys. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> he's gone. Exactly. But yeah. uh, spoiler alert, let's come back to that, about yes, the language yeah. of grief, because that's uh, definitely one of my soapbox yeah, stories. Yeah. Um, so you, both your parents died. Mm-hmm. And how old were you? Well, my mum died when I was four. Oh, my um, God. But nobody told me. <gasps> whoa, 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 whoa. Dr. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dr. Shelley, we've got to go back. So your mum died when you were four? Yes. What did she die of? She died of breast cancer. Okay. Um, it wasn't even called the big C in those days. Yeah. Um, and people thought I was too young to understand. And there were lots of maternal figures already right. around. And also I began to understand that... She'd distanced herself from me um, before, as soon as her terminal diagnosis happened. And I understand that as an adult. So Yeah, yeah, because she was worried about what's yeah. going to happen when she goes. Yeah. Exactly, and even knowing what I know oh, now, God. I couldn't say goodbye to my children. Yeah. It's just, also, you know, in... in um, something like 90-odd percent of the mums I meet, or dads... Um, I meet who are terminally ill just hold the hope and, and rightly so yeah. so no um, one told you she just wasn't there anymore or did anyone did you say like where's mum or did anyone I give guess, you an answer or? I guess so but I had a very very strong relationship with my dad right and what happens is your childhood's taken away overnight so what yeah. I do remember is growing up very quickly yeah um, and I literally ran the household with him <sighs> Um, at four years old Um, so much to the point that things weren't great Mm. but uh, you know at at the time I was happy running the household and yeah I guess you didn't know any difference right like so it's just you're making sure your dad's happy and that's normal because if at four what else can you can't really I mean do you remember her yes yeah um but most of the memories are other people's memories, yeah, like yeah. photos of her. Yeah. Oh, well, there are very few photos. And, and the old memory, and, and the memories aren't necessarily comforting. Yeah. Because it's things like her distancing herself from me yeah. or telling me off or yeah, yeah. bringing the dog into the room. And obviously, she wasn't allowed animals at that point. Yeah. Um, they are, they are comforting memories, but there's not enough of them. Yeah, and it is difficult, isn't it, when you're a kid? Or, you know, my, obviously I was 15 when my dad died, but I remember a lot of arguments. And then sometimes I think, is it just because I remember the arguments that I think we didn't get on that well? Yes. <laughs> or will we argue? Like, and then you try and find, it's really, memories are so fickle as well when you're trying to find other ones and they're just, they're just blank. Yeah, yeah. and that's a, another big soapbox of mine um, is about memories. And yeah. then memories of the past, memories of the present and the memories of the future and are they your memories? And memories are so important to have validated. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my one memory, my one big memory is the night my dad died and actually... how old were you then? I was nine. What? Oh, my God. Shelley. Yes. Fuck, sorry, (laughs) that's what I want to say. So you were nine, what happened then? What happened then was... Um, it by some miracle, really, my last memory is a, 
is a nice memory of mm. making up an argument late at night um, because he died in that uh, during the course of the night and I didn't go in for my normal morning cuddle yeah. and someone else, the housekeeper came in uh, and found him and I was then again taken away from oh, all the funeral rites, yeah. from all the bad stuff and taken away to, to be with an aunt uh, and not told. I was actually the last person to be told about his death some about a week later. A week? A what week. were you thinking that week? Were you just like, did you think you were in trouble? or? Uh, no, not at all, not at all, because I was very um, close to my cousins. Right. And I'd, just I thought, spent um, all the, yeah. the, the holidays with them. Um, so it was just more of the same. What happened to your care after that? Again, uh, if you, you know, look back, it's kind of very grown-up thinking was yeah. that I actually thought that I could go back to my home, to my house in, in the West End oh. of London, um, and I'm not quite sure who I thought would look <laughs> after me. Well, you, you run a household for that long. You must have you probably would have been all right, to exactly. be fair. You might have got in trouble with some paying of bills, but, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably not, but, yeah, <laughs> hey, um, that was obviously unrealistic. But what was also unrecognised was the powerful impact of all the other what we call in the business um, secondary losses, but they're not secondary losses, yeah. really. They're... Um, accompanying losses I yeah. guess um, I'd love other words for it you mean like the other the family the, the, the unit sort of like the house and the housekeeper and all of that the stuff. family unit yeah. the house the school the yeah. friends and really your identity yeah. as you knew it you know who are you now who are you now um, you're no longer daddy's girl yeah um, who are you now uh, you know what title you know you're an orphan um, what did he die of? Did he just have a... Uh, he had a heart, heart attack. attack. Oh, His valve failed, you know. And yeah. it, it's something now will be fairly routine. Yeah. Um, but then, back in the day, um, it was fatal. But that's really... What you're saying is very much speaking to me because I remember after my dad died, the family sort of fell apart. My dad's family. And yes. then his dad died six months later. Pretty much of a, a broken heart is kind of what it looked like. And I remember feeling that, like my grandpa, and people not being around anymore. Yes, and you that, lose the other people. Yeah. And oh, it, you ex- yes. You and then it just feeling like there was this world and now it's gone. It's not just my dad that's gone. It's like everything, you know, going around to my grandparents on a Sunday and all the normality and that being like as painful yes. as that person not being there because you're like, everything's gone. Everything's changed. All and the things that were and there. And that's, that's the message that's so hard to convey. Your whole world yeah. is absolutely shattered, splintered, blown apart overnight. Mm. You're ill-prepared. God, yeah. Um, I wrote something down for myself today, which was, it's like going back to touch without the tools and having to emerge from the emotional rubble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how it feels. These random thoughts. No, I like it. It's definitely, I think, and this is the thing about being a child, a bereaved child, when you're an adult, you there is another life. Potentially, obviously, I know everyone's different. Yes, but you've like got a you, bank of memories. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you might have your own job or your own mm-hmm. flat that's separate mm-hmm. to that family. Mm-hmm. Not to say it's any easier, but I think as you're a child, like, your world is your parents. That's mm. it. They decide mm. your world. So mm. when they change their world, it, you know, it affects you know, as it divorce affects children, you know, like not necessarily negatively, but these things will have an effect. They exactly, so, yeah. Um, in the, in well, we're we're lucky. I mean, given yeah. you know your age, my age, most of uh, of the listeners, we are so lucky because yeah. we've lived in probably the longest peacetime in British history at the moment. Yep, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, yeah, so far. Come on, guys, keep so it together. Generally. Yeah. Um, but the downside of that is the death denial society. Yes. You know, most of us have never seen a dead body. Yeah. Death sanitised. We avoid the subject. And the, the sad bit of, about that is that we probably don't live life to the full. Mm. Uh, whereas if you have the experience that you've got one life, it can be cut short. Yeah. Um, as, as you had, as I've had, as... Uh, the bereaved children and families I meet have had candle blown out too early. Uh, you learn very quickly yeah. uh, that you you are either going to sink or swim. Yeah. And 
you know, it's really important to to not adopt a victim mentality. Yes, yeah, it's true, isn't it? Because cause it's not talked about. I definitely felt like I was a very unusual case in a way. Yes. Like, whereas actually it's it's not. It's quite common to lose a parent, you know. <laughs> yes. And, you know, everybody's going to go through it. It's, every, it's going to happen. But you, I think because it's not talked about, you, you do feel very like, oh, this is a weird thing that's happened to me. Yes. And I was very lucky because I've talked about this before, but in my year at school, there was two other girls that lost their dads. Oh, and you didn't talk to them? No, so we did. One girl didn't oh. want to talk. She just... Just wasn't up for it. But my other friend, who I'm still very good friends with, Hannah, um, we completely talked about it. And she'd lost her dad when she was eight. So she was my, you know, the person that I am now for other people. She was my, welcome to the club, how can I help you? Uh, And uh she would be like, every time I'd be like, I feel like this, she'd be like, yep, yeah, Uh, that's that's how you're going to (laughs) feel. And it was, that really, really helped me because that made me think, oh, okay, I'm not. I'm not completely weird, but I think if you live in a world where people aren't talking about it, it just, especially what I imagine what was happening at the time it was happening to you, you know, especially that society then, because I think society now does talk about it a little bit more than they used to. Okay. I don't know. Perhaps, so, or maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Shelley's looking at me like, Harry, uh, you're naive. So I, I, that, that brings up two key themes mm. to me. One is time. Yes. Um, and the other is talk to. What we're describing, I think, here is the total isolation. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a bigger word than that. Uh, a deeper yes, it is. word. I, yes. It's not enough. I completely it isn't agree. Enough. It's about how you are when you're born as a baby. Um, and what we need to understand is that that's... It, it, one young person gave me a picture of being like a baby in the middle of a desert. Mm. Um, and and your the feelings are of abandonment. Yeah, yeah. God, um, I have the worst abandonment issues. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I am not good with people leaving the room. Like no, um, you know, a- absolutely. Like, absolutely. Are you going? Are you going to die? Yeah. Come back soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the use of humour is yeah. is fabulous with that. You know, like it does uh, help. My kids say, you know, well, I'm only just going out for a little while why are you sobbing hysterically yeah, and grabbing yeah. our legs as yeah. if you're never going to see us again <gasps> well I yeah. might not but yeah and I, I we talked about this the other week like I mean I'm in therapy at the moment and you know it's hard when you life is so much about evidence so you learn you're like oh that's hot don't touch it you know okay uh-huh. that's yes. that's what works with the fire great and then I'm like oh parents can die at any minute be prepared like that was feels to me like a lesson I learn and my therapist is now like yes but you learn other things I was like no but that was a really I mean that was a key one <laughs> so exactly. that gives you that anxiety and we have to go yes but yes but yeah um so just to backtrack a bit. Yeah, sorry, um, I feel like I'm getting yeah, into my yeah. own therapy session with you, Shelley. <laughs> sorry, that's my fault. <laughs> no, it's good. I can't help it. Yeah. Well, uh, exactly. As as we, you know, ask a, a trained therapist yeah, yeah, yeah. to speak some... for an hour, it's rather <laughs> difficult. So yeah, so your dad, so your dad has passed away, and you're now growing up. What as so, a teenager? Yeah, so move on. I actually actually had very very happy secure childhood yeah. uh, I was adopted by my aunt and uncle I had lots of friends etc yeah. etc et I had all the social skills and things were great unsurprisingly I moved towards the helping professions yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and it was only then I was able to actually have therapy so you didn't have any as a child oh ha yeah (laughs) nothing was offered I imagine back then yeah not at all but what was offered was exactly what needed to happen without any of the textbooks yeah was was the absolute safety and secure home and secure base that I had from my um, second mum and dad um, that's amazing they were there for you because I can imagine that's if you don't have that that is when you fall through the cracks pretty badly Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that word to me has a capital F, mm. which is family. Yeah. Um, and that's my learning, um, the importance of family. Um, yeah. And that's what I see with the young children, young people, bereaved children, young people I meet now. Yeah. So uh, you, you move towards like helping people, but you start mm. having therapy yourself. So was that in your 20s? 
30. 30. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's when yeah. I finally was like, I'm ready to deal with it. Yeah. I think you spend your, I definitely spent my 20s sort of aware of it, but not really sure how to unpack it. It was like, what do I do with it? Like, exactly. So that was my work was to start naming that. Yeah. Um, and as I was learning more and more from myself, from other people, from other bereaved kids and listening and helping people understand what was going on I wrote a book to bring these ideas together called the Grief Encounter Workbook wow um <laughs> have you got prepared. a copy oh, oh yes. she's got sorry one right guys you have to look at the website <laughs> we'll take a picture we'll take a picture take a picture um so, um, so, so and I, I was look. totally totally wow. unprepared for the public reaction to this book wow really um, yeah and um that that was when we registered as a charity. So you're trained as a psychotherapist for children who have been bereaved. That was sort of your specialist subject became. Oh, a specialist subject became bereavement. Yeah, yeah. Bereavement and grief. And then uh, when... It's I un- have noticed it in the profession. <laughs> and it's we haven't quite unpacked this ourselves professionally. But most therapists I know um, enter into their discomfort zones. Right. Um, oh, probably. Because we are, unless you've experienced it, yeah. um, you don't really truly, unless you're exceptionally emotionally mm. um, available, um, yeah. really, really have that deep capacity to understand what it's like. Yeah, because I interviewed Julia Samuels. And yes. yeah, she also, I can't remember the exact details, but her mum had had a huge amount of death when she was younger and then... Julia then lost people and then lost people around her died. And, yeah, I I think you... I think if you're not in the club, we call it the club. You're the club. In yeah. the club. The club that you don't want to be a member yeah. of. But cl- um, once you're here, hey, there's other people here. You're not alone. If you're not in the club, it's not like you don't understand, but I definitely wouldn't want a therapist that hadn't... And I've never asked my therapist, but I'm just... Mm. I just know. I just yes. know she gets it. It's just the way she yes. says things. I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you get it. I think yes. you sort of, like you said, the language you use. Yes. But it sounds like you had a bit like what happened to me when I started this podcast. I just thought, oh, well, you know, I honestly thought oh, maybe 10 people will listen and oh, yeah, I'll just mm. do something else. Mm. And I got this overwhelming reaction of emails of people being like, oh, my God, I've never heard like this. I've been wanting this conversation and I haven't been able to have it. Yeah. And then that suddenly made me go, oh, right. Okay. Other people feel like I, I just assumed it was just me. So it sounds similar. Like you... You didn't quite realise how much a need there was for helping children to talk about. Hundred percent, exactly, and and that's that's the key. Yeah. It's about opening conversations, oh, about God, yeah. giving people opportunities. Because what has happened in our society is the loss uh, is the loss of rituals and remembrances. We talk about this every week, Shelley. Oh, do you? Oh my God! Because my mum, <gasps> when my mum lost her granny, she wore a black armband to school. Yes, and I've fucking wish I'd had a black armband when my yeah. dad died like I would have moaned and I would have been like oh, don't want to wear it but it would have made a lot more sense when I was then acting up in lessons being kicked out suddenly you know like I think it just would have reminded everybody okay this she maybe needs help yeah and we talked about this in another episode as well of like everyone says to you oh I'm here if you want to talk but nobody talks to you as a child you don't know what to say you haven't got the words but they all expect you to come to them with like hey you know I've been feeling really you don't, you don't have anything. Exactly. You don't have the language. And that's lots, you know, lots of what we work on at, yeah. at Grief Encounter is the language of grief. And not that I have it. Um, and it's very hard. And also we use any kind of appies, particularly, you know, creative therapies, art therapies, with children adults alike. Yeah. Because, you know, in psychotherapeutic terms, you return to the basic fault. You, you return to to pre-language, a state yeah, of pre-language, yeah. like a baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's as if, you know, you're learning French or something totally new. Yes. You're in a totally, totally different new world. Yeah. And when we get there, those around us, most of us don't have that language of grief. Yeah. So, so that's one of our tasks. The other task is to actually um, think more about the theories of grief yeah um and that's one that's one of the really strong messages in the in the book and 
what I've done is rewritten the um, one of the theories or the theories uh, and offer a, a much more user-friendly approach. And right. it's been very hard work finding a, a diagram or a metaphor. Um, but this diagram is an upward spiral. Mm. And originally it was a spiral inspired by C.S. Lewis. But then that implied a, a circle meant going round and round. A spiral could also be a downward spiral. Yeah. So the message is not a downward spiral. Widows were saying to me, I feel worse six months on. And, I, I, you know, I'm going backwards. Yeah. I'm not passing through these stages. I don't believe in the stages at all. No. I really don't. I think it's just... 100%. Bullshit. Like, 100%. I've never met anyone that's like, yeah, I went through them, now I'm all right. Like, it just comes and goes. Yeah. And I think that's all, that's all I've learned through my experience and talking to people it just seems like it just comes and goes like it gets all I think as well it's a bit like when it does come because you've got through it before you know you're going to so that's what I think when people say it gets easier what they mean is when a big wave of it of crap hits you you if you've if it's five ten years down the line you're like look I know I did this before I know I can get through this feeling so that's all that makes it easier it doesn't it isn't physically easier to get through. You just know, oh. but when the first time it hits you, you think, well, there's no way I'll ever get through this. This is the worst thing, feeling That's, I've ever had. Yes, exactly. So first of all, we want to lose this nice, neat stages. Yeah. Then we want to lose the tasks. The next bit we want to clarify is the difference between trauma Yes. And the response to trauma. Yes. And the longer term, the more cognitive processing of grief. Yeah. So I think trauma and grief get very mixed up together, yes, don't they? Yes, they do. And and that's why, you know, we're thinking six months on, I, I feel worse. Yeah. It's, no, it's because you're actually beginning to feel. Yes. And the shock th- is going. The shock is going. If you feel survival, you think about the trauma, you're in survival mode. Yeah. You know, you can think to extremes of Holocaust, Survivor, Primo, yeah. Levi, or you can think to normal everyday happening or you, you listen to the Grenfell survivors. Oh, God, um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've listened a lot to some of the children um, and they describe perfectly about this, the first reactions that are absolutely traumatic. Mm. And that applies to each and every one of our families I meet and the children I meet is that whenever you get the news, whether it's cancer, long-term illness or a sudden death, it's a shock. Yeah. Um, and that shock actually is quite useful. Yes. And you can it, return to it's, it. I always say this to people, like, it's, the human body is amazing. Like, it knows you need to eat and sleep. So it protects you and it just puts you in shock so you can't feel anything. Uh-huh. But you can still carry exactly. on eating and sleeping. Exactly. Because <laughs> otherwise, if you didn't have that, I think you'd just stop right there in that doctor's room and never move again. Like, it, Well, just... yeah, worse. And and that's another thing is uh, as as when you face death as early as we did, mm. or as early as, uh, you know, a tragedy, a young premature death, um, it becomes an option. Mm. And what we are propelled into is extremes. We live at the ends of extremes. So even in a day, death can hold no fear. It yeah. can hold terrifying fear that keeps you awake in the day and awake at night. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever read Judith Kerr's The Tiger Who Came to yes, Tea. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, if you read that, mm. if you read the underlying themes of that, that's, yeah. that's what it is. The tiger is in your bed. Yeah. The tiger has come to tea. Making a bloody mess everywhere. <laughs> Making a mess. <laughs> Which is how it feels. You can't do anything because there's a mm. bloody tiger in the way. Correct. Yeah, it's an amazing book yeah. actually. Yeah. So, you know, one day uh, you don't have to live on high alert. You know, the tiger uh, has gone around I long for that day, Shelley, when I'm not on high <laughs> One day. Uh. Yeah, my therapist always says to me, Let's think about an ordinary level of anxiety. And I'm like, what is that? What's an ordinary level? Yes. You know, it's all, you can work out how it's connected, but it's, 
it makes sense. There's such a sense when you accept it. I think that's the thing. If you try and put logic on it, like, well, I shouldn't be scared or I shouldn't do that. This is crazy. Yes, that's not helpful. Because you're like, yeah, somebody died. It's, mm, it's, exactly. it's, it's a lot somebody to deal died. with. It's big. Yes, and it's a big. And that just to go back, you were talking earlier about questions. Yeah. And you're so full of these huge oh, existential yeah. questions yes. that not only do you not know how to ask um, you don't even know some of the questions yeah you just have feelings I think when you're when it happens to you when you're younger you and you can't put them into words yeah so that's very confusing to be like I feel ennui <laughs> I have existentialists happening to me but you don't know the words you haven't read the philosophers you know Correct. you're a kid yes. you're so kid. you're just like this feels I don't feel great but yeah. I don't know how to tell anyone I don't feel great. No. And I oh, was... how dangerous. Uh, uh, yeah. Life of Pi, wonderful. Oh, I oh, love that goodness. book. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if it's the first time you've ever thought about that being put about parental death. Oh, it's, no, yeah. It's, it's huge. It's got that incredible sentence in it, which I find really painful, that mm. says, um, when your father dies, you lose the greatest teacher, but when your mother mm. dies, the sun Sometimes, goes out the sky. Yeah, 100%. And that's that so not even on, their on the quotes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a I, I use that quote a lot. Because I think that's a very... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to... You know, I know gender is a social contract, but I definitely feel that with my dad. Like, I did lose somebody who was full of, full of information. And I know yes. everybody's different. But yes. I think that's... Yeah, it does... It does capture it. The ennui. Yes. In, in The Life of Pi, yeah. he also points out that boredom is death's greatest adversary. <laughs> and I thought, wow, yes. Yeah, that's nice. And I see that um, quite a lot yeah. in, in well, particularly young people. Okay, like, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't care. I don't, don't care. care. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. And in my doctorate work, it, particularly there was this feeling of how life had become boring because mum was now depressed yeah. um, or, uh, depressed uh, whatever grieving uh, yeah. grieving um christmases were different holidays were different everything was different the fun has gone out yeah. of people's lives yeah. the humor i'm just a to, to, to come back to comedy you know people think uh, you can't be funny and you yeah. can and one very poignant quote from a young man I met in one of our groups um, fairly recently he said I heard someone laugh and I turned around and I realised it was me oh, wow. I heard someone laugh for the f I'd laugh for the first time since dad died wow and I thought, oh, you yummy little monkey. Yeah. You just, that's it. I definitely, I mean, we laughed a lot when he was ill, but I definitely remember, like, that feeling when your cheeks crack from, like, because you're smiling and you're like, what's this? Like, because you laugh in that sort of, dark humour way but to actually mm. smile and be happy is a very that I think obviously takes a lot of time I remember feeling it smiling at something thinking what's that oh I'm smiling yes. <laughs> oh oh yeah because I'm that was nice rather than like it was nice but it was tinged with absolute pain and agony yeah <laughs> like, it was just nice you can go two ways as ever I think you can be in a lot of pain or you can laugh about it and I think I definitely came from a family my, that yeah. already laughed about my it my message is everyone does grief differently yeah yeah and um you know it's, a, it's about a balance you know it doesn't have to overwhelm you and we yeah. look for sign of stuckness but it's so vital it's not just yeah. important it's vital to address the dark side oh god yeah yeah so grief encounter um, um we we do one-to-one -one work uh but I'm most proud of the communities we create so we bring kids together oh, that must to, be amazing it is amazing yeah. because lots of it's verbal and lots of it's non-verbal you know sometimes we just have to be together just to know yeah or it'll be an exchange or it'll be a couple of words which enables a, another deeper deeper level and if you think about the language we use with children with yeah. young people it's oh what shall I tell the children yeah. okay hey how about what about telling them yeah what about listening yeah and you know if i'm still on my mission it's not about telling it's not about listening it's also about helping them process helping make yeah. sense at a deep level yeah you know whether that's public or private conscious or unconscious you know who the hell knows but you know i i know Every young person I meet, that they're not fine. 
Yeah, they're not fine. They're, they're not definitely fine. not fine. They might say I'm fine, yeah. but they're not fine. Yeah. Adults can be so quickly fooled. Yeah. You know, really easily fooled. Even myself at times, because it's about timing mm. um, and and trust. So, you know, that's it's particularly, particularly important to make safe spaces yeah. for, for the kids and for young people and adults. I definitely got very good at doing the fooling. Like it was almost, again, mm. you know, I'm an actor. So I I was always good at pretending. Mm. And I sort of saw it as a bit of a like, if so, if somebody approached me who I didn't want to talk to, I could do a really good job of like, <laughs> yeah. if I was like, not you. Because you yeah. sometimes meaning, you know, well-meaning adults would be like, oh, and how are you? And be like, yeah, great. And I got very good at saying the right thing. And you would see, I was talking about this other day. I would watch their faces get relaxed because they would be like, oh, I'm going to ask her, you know, and how are you? And I'd go, oh, you know, yeah, I'm fine. And it's what he would have wanted. He was such an active person. And I think he would have really hated to be ill for a long time. And I could see them going, oh, great, she's fine. Exactly. <laughs> oh, great. Um, and I'd think, great, job done. You are going to leave me alone? Exactly. Fantastic. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I don't and it's want about to talk to you. Them and, yeah, you know, and it's no wonder, you know, some of us are in the helping kind of yes, profession. Yeah. Um, is because you get very good at holding adult emotions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then no one asks you. People yeah. say, why? What took you so long? You know, what's the secret? Yeah. Um, and, and it's no one really asked. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, I don't feel like anyone really wanted me to go into no. it. Yeah, not really. I mean, my mum was amazing, like, absolutely amazing. My brother, too. They were complete, like, I was very lucky that became my absolute unit and uh-huh. I had them to talk to if I needed to but I I really wanted someone to like crack the shell like when I said I was fine what I meant was come on keep asking like <laughs> keep asking and they would stop asking and I'd think mm. oh uh, okay I sort of wanted yeah. you to you know like oh, it's quite difficult for me so I was sort of hoping you'd ask again and again and yeah you know people just yeah don't really ask you yeah, not properly, I think. No. Especially when you and a nine when you were nine and four. Yes. I mean, it must be really And then you don't have the language. Yeah. Or not necessarily. Um and that language, you know, to me is about creativity. Yeah, you know, Winnicott's written quite extensively and he might not immediately come to mind when we're talking about death and dying, but actually you know, he was really, really big on this and he really? said that we were disrupted or derailed or I had the word, you know, worst um, destroyed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, I'm encountering at the moment, or have always encountered, um, suicide, um, mm. the ultimate, where you destroy yourself. I mean, that just goes against the grain, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and also now, uh, murder. Um, and if only these kids on the streets, you know, especially in the streets of London, why are we yeah. calling knife crime? Yeah. Knife crime? It's not. It's knife murder. And if these young people, sorry, I'm back on my sofa, <laughs> no, but if these young people are only too aware about the impact and mm. the consequences, I think they think twice. But. So you run these groups. And so we run you, these groups. What year did you set this up? Like how long did um, We established as a charity in 2003. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I had the same concept with Julia Samuels because she does Child, Child Bereavement UK, um, another charity. But it was when I was, when my dad died in 1998, there wasn't anything. And it's interesting. Mm. So you, Grief Encounter was set up in the 21st century. Um, and I feel like it's it's a tide that's turning that people are now aware children need to be supported in a way it is and together we can change children's lives we need to carry on changing this mindset um of death denial and uh, you know people say oh yeah we do we always talk about dad we've got photos everywhere but it's also about your own memories it's also about uh, this remembrance thing that we were talking about earlier and it's also about not only the past and not only the present, but it's also about the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really important to Well, keep you must have found that. I mean, I've, I talk about this a lot, that, like, my relationship with him has had to change, but he's not here. Yeah. So it's tricky, like, as you become, you know, I've, you know, went to university and I got married and I had a kid and he's not here, but I'm having to redefine, I'm having to go, okay, well, now how do I feel about you? Now what would we have said? Like that relationship with them does continue. I think we have to spend more time on that, what 
what Winnicott calls what we call the transitional space between right. that trauma. We, yeah. We're pretty good at trauma work and rushing around with the food and, yeah. you know, how are you when people have just died? Oh, yes. We yeah, are yeah. pretty good at that in our, in our society. But it's the what happens next. Yeah. The longer term work, the more cognitive processing kind of of way forward how have you dealt with that your bereavement as the four-year-old and nine-year-old have you felt that relationship change with with your parents oh yeah so it's yeah it's about making better use as therapists uh, as family as people on the streets as friends of that space between the transitional space like um, I don't know um, what would be your most important objects, but you know there will be like a teddy bear, like a child has that yeah, um, yeah. transitional space. You know, like meet Mister Goodgrief, he helps <laughs> yeah. us out. He he's he's very useful in transitional space, um, where a child can connect to to the person that's died through through something tangible. Oh, right. um, what my particular one is my second mum you know this is her engagement ring yeah, yeah. and you know you have that juxtaposition do you keep it at home safely yeah, yeah. or do you keep it With next you. to you yeah. at risk of uh, of losing that um, and to yeah. me that is a connection a tangible connection yeah I've got a few like not many but a few things that I don't think anyone would even know that they were like tiny little trinket that my dad gave me when I was a kid when we were getting on and that or like I've got this like glass mushroom that's really not very nice but I remember we were on holiday and I begged him to buy it and he did he mm. relented which is quite unusual you know normally it was like oh, no we're not getting anything get out of the shop and he went okay I'll buy it for you and my mum said she had no memory of it she was like I didn't know he bought that I was like yes we were mm. in Turkey and I begged for it and he gave it mm. and it's something that um, yeah I just I keep with me and I don't tell anyone but it's just a very important object to me yeah and it's also a conversation starter or middler or ender yeah, with so, like your mum for yeah, example yeah. Um, and to, to validate that memory or uh, you know just even start a conversation because people say, you know say to me especially towards the end of life you know you can't have those conversations are you afraid of dying Mm. yeah if you go move on and they've died you know I know you live with regret that you don't have those deep meaningful conversations um I I think (laughs) when else are you going to ask if they're dying that's time to ask them are they afraid are you okay get in there yeah because they're gonna die yes (laughs) that's when you need oh I mean I've only learned this the hard way. Like, yeah, any yeah. questions, get them out. Yeah. Like, do not be polite. Anything that, if you need to know where something is or what happened to somebody, definitely, especially with this weird family stuff, you're like, yeah. do you know you always told me that grandpa, can we just clarify <laughs> actually what happened? Yeah, if somebody's dying and you have the time, because some people, you know, we had the Mac twins on there, you know, they just got a phone call. Their dad had had a heart attack and dropped dead on the golf course. Like, they don't get the chance. So I do think the one benefit... There's not many, yeah, but the one benefit yeah. if your if your loved one is sick and dying with near you, you yes. can ask them stuff. Yes, yeah, get yes, that, get exactly. Those in. Exactly. So if someone's listening and like they know a child that's been bereaved, what would be like? People always ask me this, so I'm asking you the annoying question. <laughs> what would be your advice to approach someone like a kid that's just lost lost someone? Is there like tips or easy things you can do to start that conversation or to be useful? Yes. <laughs> Easy. Okay. Let's yeah, yeah. Take Sorry, that I know. It's, a, it's big. So, uh, you know, I think our tasks are threefold. I think the question you need to ask yourself as a, is who you are right. to them. Yes, that's a good one. Yes. Because sometimes people approach me who would, I, I was like, I've never spoke. You're nobody to me. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's important. So sometimes nobody is a good person because yeah. you don't have to worry about that's them, true. Yeah. About their feelings like you do with, say, your mum yeah, or, yeah. or the other people who are grieving. I mean, that's, that's very common is, the, is kids say, well, I don't want to upset mum yes, yeah. or dad or whoever. Um, you know, they're upset anyway. Uh, and people will say to me, oh, I don't want to upset the children. And I say, they're upset. I know, that's what I say. They're already upset. Because I say the same advice to when you're talking to adults and they, when people say, oh, I didn't want to upset, you know, what should I do if my friend has lost someone? I'm like, just ask them, just talk to them. Oh, I don't want to upset them. Their parent slash sibling slash child has already died. So you can't make it 
it's already worse. It's yeah. already shit. Yeah. So feel free to bring it up because it's already bad. Yeah. As long as you're sensitive. And if they say I don't want to talk about it, don't be like, no, you need to talk about it. Like, cool. But yeah, it's already bad. It's already bad. And then in the words of Aristotle about anger, you know, it's easy to be angry with someone. What's hard is to be angry in the right way, in the right time, yeah. with the right person. So yeah. that's the same about uh, a death conversations or you know you can't expect someone to have deep meaningful conversations in the middle of Sainsbury's yeah yes, <laughs> yes. people do ask you where I yeah I definitely remember yeah. like you know about to go in and to an exam or something someone would be like oh, I'm so sorry about your dad and me being like oh, oh what oh, like um oh, oh, oh. I uh like and actually I had to do my <laughs> I had to do my GCSEs about two weeks after he died and I had to do my German... Oh, yeah, you get about 10% extra time now. It's very, yeah. very understanding. <laughs> I didn't get any extra time. Um, they I had to do my German... Oh, we have moved on. Yeah, we have. <laughs> I had to do my German oral exam, but it was about... Fa- you had to talk about your family in German. Oh. And so I came in and they were oh, all so on eggshells and they were like, you know, what do you... And I was like... I've obviously prepared to talk about my brother. Like, I obviously haven't come in here. Meine Vater is like, you know, I came in with meine Bruder. Is, I had worked out a speech because I knew I didn't want to talk about it. But they were so, oh, we're very sorry. And I was like, can we just get this German exam out of the way before we get into what's happened to me? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it has to be the, a good time. Yes. Or even acknowledging, uh, I know this isn't a good time, so when there is, I'm here for you. Exactly. Yeah. And not to say, you know, say a teacher with all the best will in the world yeah. will say, you know, come and see me any time. Well, that's just not a realistic thing no, to say. No, I used to feel so annoyed when they said that. What does that mean? Yeah. So I have to decide. I have to be in at the playground thinking, I'm going to go and talk to Miss So-and-so, actually. <laughs> like, yes. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But... What they can, what teachers are there in the front line of yeah, fire is actually easy. acknowledge and refer you on, or an exchange of uh, eye contact, just acknowledgement. We have time out cards. Um, wow, uh, so you can kids. say, like, I just feel I've got, I need yeah, to or go. you don't even have to say. <gasps> oh, and I then, wish I'd had that, that would yeah. have been amazing. And the teacher can also use it to monitor because also it's sometimes you know how kids use, yeah, to get out of class, sure, sure. But I would have loved that opportunity to just say, I just need to leave right now, yeah, yeah. It was really hard to communicate, I just didn't know how to say it, yeah, and so, and who was going to go with you, and, yeah, and where you were going to go, and well, this what is what I used to then and, kick off. And I would then get sent out of class so I could get out of class. I didn't no. want to be there. No. You know. No, and how can you concentrate when your head, head's full yeah, of all these I know. huge worries? Oh, God, yeah. Anxiety. Yeah, and emotions, just like, you know, and then someone's talking to you in German and you're like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't think. No. Yeah. It's... Or, or the opposite. You know, I actually became... A reader yes, and yeah, was an absolute book. star academic student uh, because yeah. you know that was part of it was having to be good and yeah, having not upset to be interested and not upset anybody. I think yeah. that's really interesting what you said there. It's the acknowledgement. I think some people did do it. Obviously, it's easier to remember people who didn't. But I definitely, if someone when people looked me in the eye and were like, "I'm sorry, I'm mm. sorry, your dad died." Mm. Well, okay, you're sorry. What about me? Yeah, but I would. I'm pretty sorry. Yeah, yeah, but I would appreciate that more than I would. Oh, you can talk to me, or yeah, it's the I think eye contact and just being like, I acknowledge that your dad is dead because it it was the not acknowledging it that I found so confusing. Yes, and that's so common. Yeah, so common. Yeah, to just never say it or be like, oh, we know you're going through a difficult time. You're like, why is no one saying to say what happened? It's a bit. So then you think, is it shameful? Is it why are we not talking about it? Like, yeah, yeah. You, uh, exactly. you as a child, it's so much part of your life and so much yeah. like part of your headspace, and also about the language. Yes, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Going back to what we talked about, passed away and gone to sleep, and they're at oh, peace, God. and they're with angels and yeah. in heaven. And I mean, look, we have to say something. So yeah. that's you know. If that fits at the time, that's good enough, especially so for a young person. Yeah. You know, the star in the sky or heaven or at peace. A few quotes come to mind, but one is of uh, a child who said, who was told that um, 
grandma. Grandma was with Jesus. <laughs> and that, that, oh, that's nice. Well, yeah, that's can nice. Jesus bring her back, please? <laughs> well, yeah, there is that, actually. The child didn't say that. What the child is, was she nailed to the cross? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, oh, no. fine. Or, you know, can we know kids are literal? So yeah. that one kid was told um, stories, you know, what happened and all explained to mum's body and mum's body was this and that and the other. And a few weeks later, that child was able to say, well, okay, mum's body is X, Y and Z. Where's her head? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Fine. All of it. All of it. Yeah, Yeah, we don't get it right as adults. We get it wrong as well. And I think that's a big message as well. You know, it really is okay to say we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's okay to say I don't know what I don't know. It is okay. And what do you think? And, you know, okay, you know, I might say, well, that's not likely. But, you know, draw that out. What what is grief called? What does grief good? you know look like to you Jeff Brader who's a bereaved Adam our um, uh, one of our ambassadors he said to me what is your metaphor mm. you know for your grief and uh, you know that's such an interesting question yeah, to ask yeah. people kids grown-ups um, yeah, my metaphor that's really was good water. isn't it oh right yeah because water we need water to survive yeah um, but water fills every gap Mm. water can drown you yeah. and water also keeps you alive we're made of water uh, people say to me um, it feels like I'm drowning yeah. uh, Lindsay Nicholson calls it under the seabed and that's how it feels as yeah. if you know people can't understand you I used to feel like I had a big grey cloud in my head yes. like around me like in your my head, head was yeah, in so, around you, yeah. so it was just like it was in my head and also when people looked at me, I felt like I couldn't see them, like I was in cloud. And then as if I was having a, you know, a bad time, it would get a bit smaller, but sometimes it would literally feel like there was still a cloud on my shoulder. Yes. So like I'm I'm out and I'm at a party and it seems fine, but I'm still, car- I have to still carry this cloud. Sorry, guys, this is like, I can't get rid of it. <laughs> like, yeah. It felt like sort of a responsibility in a way, like a sort of like, yeah, I... It's yeah, just always comes burden. with me. Yeah, burden. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. I yeah. think those nature metaphors are very helpful because it is something massive and huge that you have no control over. So it helps to kind of put it on yes. water or rain or clouds or whatever it is, wind, like to, it's something that you understand the power of. And it's not about the, there's a quote, you know, it's quite a well known quote. It's, it's not about the rain, it's about how you dance in the rain. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It is nice, isn't it? And what I say is you can't change the past, yeah, but you can change how you manage the future, yeah. Which is really like that's fundamentally how I mean, that's processing grief, yes, because you can't change what happened to you, you can't change, but you can change, yeah, how you walk forward from it. And it but it's hard. It's not easy. It is it's not, not easy. It's not easy. It is not easy. It must be so hard for you working with a small kit. Like, I can't imagine. It must be heartbreaking. But I suppose then do you, because you were that small child, do you sort of understand them? Like, I feel like if I meet a 15-year-old who's going through it, I'm like, yeah, I know how you feel. But I would struggle with someone younger. Mm, I, I, you know, to me, young, old, everyone's the same. the same, yeah. Um... It's something about having the courage to actually um, name the death. So if there's nothing worse than telling someone something, trusting the information, and then they do don't do the right thing with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, for example, um, a child said to me, "My daddy's died." So, as an adult. okay what am I going to do with that information and I have the confidence to say something like I know your dad has died what do you want me to what do you want you know what do you do you want to say anymore yeah so to open those conversations not to shut those conversations down yeah yeah and you can do that too and other people to do that. Yeah, just to say, I know, that must be really powerful. To be like, yeah, I know he died. Like, yeah. Sometimes you want other people to say it because you're still in that shock of like, did it happen? Yeah. And, and they're gone forever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's. I mean, you know, it's It's just such a huge thing to deal with when you're, a, a, as you said, a child. It is huge as an adult as well. I never take that away. I know having watched my husband lose both his parents as an adult, it's not any... Yeah. It's not easier, but just when you don't have language and the 
brain capacity yet to put what's happening to you. It's so difficult. But yes. you get adults who, who don't have the words for it. It's, it doesn't necessarily mean it gets yeah it's not i'm not saying it gets easier guys if anyone's out there thinking i feel shit um, <laughs> it's all right it, but it's it, just no it does get easier and it should get easier yeah. you don't want to be stuck stuckness is the key yes I think um, that's you important. don't want to be stuck in, in that pain forever you can't yeah, yeah you need uh, to move through it but it doesn't mean it goes through. doesn't mean it goes away correct it might come back <laughs> and if i said to you you know give me your pain i'll take it away yeah you wouldn't give it to me no i wouldn't actually i thought that <laughs> So I was like, mm. one, I think, Shelley, you can't, you can't take it. <laughs> but two, it's part yeah. of who I am. Yes. Yeah, it becomes exactly. your new identity, doesn't it? Exactly. And it took me a long time to say that because I know I'm a much better person. I would have been an awful spoiled brat. <laughs> <laughs> Some may say I still was. Um, but, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, we, I'm sure you would say the same. It's taught me such lessons. Oh, God, The yeah, strength massive. you can get through anything yeah yeah you know yeah. you the worst possible thing has happened yeah and um, that's difficult to say as well as a bereaved kid because yeah. you don't trust the future but it has yes yes uh. <laughs> you think don't say it too loudly in case something else happens yeah but yeah exactly. i i know exactly what you mean and i remember when friends would get stressed about things and i think well he should oh really no one's yeah. died oh, exactly <laughs> no one's died died means something else and I remember breaking up with a, a boyfriend and he was so devastated because I'm a bit of a catch and um I wasn't guys I was a very annoying teenager and uh he was devastated and I thought no one's died why are you this upset I couldn't yes. understand his pain because I was like but I'm alive yeah you could see me again we might yeah. get back together like yeah. I just couldn't comprehend other people's pain light pain I would think for a long time yes yeah what Yes. We're all here, we're all breathing. What's the problem? <laughs> exactly. And when someone um, old dies, yeah. it, well, it took me 30 years to actually say, when someone old dies, um, it's sad. And yeah. I had that experience. You know, I really know how sad that is yeah, at a deep, yeah. deep level. But it's not a tragedy. Yeah. When we're experiencing premature deaths like the ones we're talking about, sibling loss, parental loss, early parental loss, it's different. It's a tragedy. Yeah, and we mustn't mustn't lose sight of that. And also, what you said right at the beginning, um, Carrie, was, you know, it is much more common yeah. than we're allowing ourselves to think. Yeah. And the government don't keep any statistics on bereaved kids. What? Do on divorce? They don't keep any. <laughs> yeah. Why? That's surely like a massive thing that happens and is important. Well, apparently not. We're not even recognised as a vulnerable group. That's Shelley, I'm mad. <laughs> but you're so vulnerable. Like, you're, you know, divorce, people, children of divorce have a lot to deal with and that's a whole new thing and it's difficult. But yeah. it's the exact same if your parent dies or a sibling dies. You're a whole new world of vulnerable that yeah. needs special care. Yeah, yeah. On PSHE and educational programmes, um, pardon the pun, but it, death is buried like last lessons after divorce and moving house. Guys, yeah. that is insane because it's going to happen to you. Like it's go, like it will happen. Either you will die or someone you love will die. That is life. That's crazy. So they don't really t cover it in schools. Oh, I would have loved mm. for a fucking lesson. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I would have spent the whole time arms folded going, this is bullshit. But I would have been listening because someone to talk about it like a normal thing. Yeah, so... You know, thanks for finding your voice. <laughs> uh, uh, because that's what needs to happen. Yeah, Other bereaved fans. And if we yeah. don't speak out about how difficult it is, um, you know, who else is going to? I've relied on other people to do that. Yeah, That's not right. We need to rely on ourselves to do that. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And I, you know, doing this show, I love it. It's not been easy. Like, there's definitely been times I'm like, oh, what have I done? Like, now I have to talk about it. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about it today, but I, mm. it has helped me immeasurably. And talking to people every week has also made me realise there's just there's as much death as there is, you know, moving house and divorce, that everybody goes through these things. And it's made me feel so much more normal. Like, it's made my grief feel like less like this weird thing that I have that sort of separates me from everyone and made me go, oh, I'm just, the club is, you know, everybody joins it eventually. And, you know, yes. we're just, unfortunately, we got here quite early. <laughs> yes. Which meant yes. we got the best food because we were here early. <laughs> um, yes. Dr. Shelley Gilbert, MBE, thank you so much for talking to me. I think 
what I thank you for is not only talking but listening and listening at a very deep level. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. You can follow Shelley on Twitter at Grief Encounter or you can head to their website griefencounter.org.uk where that gives you the opportunity to donate to them if you would like to help them provide more service to children or if you just want to find out about the type of services that they do offer, check out that. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast and you can email us thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music was provided by The Glue Ensemble and the show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember, you are not alone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.